Oh my gosh, has it been literally since August 2021, which feels like forever ago. Um, Is it just me or do you miss this? Um, I extremely miss literally staring at a computer screen in my Bible and talking into a microphone as if you guys are sitting right across the table from me. So here's my best uh, comeback. It has been a wild, wild time. Um, But I'm excited to throw myself into a conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy. For me to sit here and pretend that I actually know what I'm about to talk about would be completely and utterly a lie. Um, I've been looking at my computer for like, I don't know how long, at least 15 minutes, thinking, what does one say when you've not said something for so long? (laughs) Uh, I could sit here and talk an hour about what has all taken place since the last podcast, but you know, nah, why would I want to do that? Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to like dive into some things and we'll see where it goes. Um, and just see like where the wind takes us or the word takes us or just kind of what I'm processing and what's been going on lately. So enjoy the ride. Help us Holy Ghost. Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-wing two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is just Shayan. I think one of the ways that I could like sum up a lot of the things that I've been processing and chewing on and so many, I don't know, other words (laughs) that are trending, um, is just the simple phrase that's not going to sound simple when I say it because we know it, we make it complex, but just a simple word of trust, trust, trust him, trust his story, trust that he is who he says he is. Trust that he is really bigger than you are. (laughs) Even saying it makes me laugh. Um, But it's real and it's true and it's the good news, right? Like when we sit back and we look at the word and we look at the history of the word. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that when we think of the word, we think of the church and that's a whole nother topic. Um, But when we think of the word, like literally the Holy Bible. Um, It is the one message that has continued to spread regardless of the people that have made it dysfunctional in its own ways. It has continued to transform lives. Um, Whether you are an American or you live in an unreached people group that is just now getting one page of this book, Um, whether you are in a country where you could be killed for reading this book or you're in a country that is completely and yeah so sad oversaturated in the word that we tend to take it for granted the word still remains and it's still bearing fruit and so I've been reading a lot of the book of Colossians uh, and I am actually going to open up to it real quick but I just literally spent days writing something because it honestly just kept slapping me in my face. 
Um, like for real, for real. Like, you know, those things are like, oh, that's really good. And then you read it and you're like, oh, I'm going to need to sit here for a minute. And so you put on your break and you're like, okay, let me sit here with Jesus. Um, but in Colossians 1, uh, verse 6, it says, This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it is changed, just as it has changed your life from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. I mean, I don't know why, but it shook me. It slapped me. It made me remember that this thing is going to outlast Shay. Praise God. This thing's going to outlast you. This thing goes beyond you and your story. And yes, your story should reek of the gospel and it should scream of the gospel. But the good news is that it's going to outlive you. The good news is that it's always going to bear fruit, no matter how many people attack it. It is always going to transform people's lives, whether it is somebody that is just in a moment like where they just ding, his worthiness becomes a big deal and it's a revelation and not just a song that they sing or whether it's an underground church of some other country, it's going to bear fruit. It's going to change lives. And the good news is that it also changed your life. And so sometimes I think we take this word for granted. We take the Bible for granted. And I think it's really just because we forget uh, so I don't know when this was. It's probably months ago now. But I feel like the Lord said that uh, forgetfulness breeds idols. And I was just like, what? And I went back to Exodus and I read like where Moses goes up the mountain and Aaron is down below with the people. And they're getting impatient, which it could as easily said that impatience, impatience, is that even the right word? Being impatient will breed idolatry. Um, and um, <laughs> it's just one of those things, right? Like when we forget, when we forget what the word has done to our hearts and our lives and the ways that it has transformed us and it's brought us these beautiful convictions that we can no longer, uh, we don't have to live in condemnation. We get to live in a beautiful conviction and we become holy because you become holy by looking and loving him. Holiness is not something you strive after, although you can in seasons uh, feel that way and feel consecrated, but it's also holiness is just a simple byproduct of staring at the one that he himself is holy. Um, and so when we forget these things, when we forget where we've come from and we forget the power of the gospel, it's easy to run to idols. It's easy to build our own golden calves. It's easy to get impatient uh, when you feel like you're waiting on God to fulfill something and you build your own idol. And that can look like things. It can look like people. It can look like a bank account, a car, a spouse, it can look like a friendship, it can look like so many things. Um, it can look like just vegging out and creating unhealthy habits. Um, and so I just have really just in this whole process of just 
leaning back, if you would, into trust. And I'll say it this way because I think sometimes, or it could be heard, oh, well, like Shay hasn't been trusting. No, Shay's been trusting. But as you grow in God, you continue to grow to look like Him. And so in this new season that I find myself with a church building and doing things I've never done before, even though I know that I was created to do them, um, I (laughs) am like learning to trust again, right? I'm learning in a different way what trust can look like in this season. And it's beyond a bank account, although that is a huge part of it. It is trusting that... You know, I mean, it, it's so much. It's so, so much. It's a personal thing. It's uh, taking on the stewardship um, of a building and going, God, like, how do I trust you for not just my personal life now, but a building that you've given me and a garden that we're going to start? Like, what the heck? Like, talk about a left turn and a plot twist, which is a whole nother story. But I find myself just leaning back going, trust Trust the story, rest in his story, rest that it's not your building, it's his building. Rest in the truth. And that's the thing, right? Like it has to become truth. And it can't just be truth in my head. It has to be truth in my heart. Because what you're really trusting and what you're really putting hope in will determine your heart posture. So I can know all day long, like I need to trust you, I need to trust you, I need to trust you. My trust is in him, my trust is in him. But the fruit of that will be my heart posture. How quick am I to rest in the fact that it's not my building? How quick am I to rest in the fact that it's not my car um, that got broke into? It's his car that got broke to. Uh, I don't even know if I've really shared that story, but that is a story that has happened in the last month or so. And it wasn't, you know, I actually feel like I handled that well in trust because it's not my car. It's his car. And I know some people would be like, yeah, but it really is your car. And I'll be like, no, it's really not. Like he pays the gas. He provides the money for oil changes and the money for tires. And it's his car. Uh, And there's something, it's not that I don't take ownership of it. I take stewardship. And I'm stewarding that car while I'm on earth as long as it will run. In the name of Jesus, it runs, 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 runs for a while. Um, But there's something beautiful I think when we can lean into that place in that pocket, and I think sometimes growing up, I would talk to these people that would talk that way, like, oh, it's not my car. And I'm like, yeah, it it is your car. Like, your name's on the title. And now I'm sitting here going, that ain't my car. That's Jesus's car. Like, and it's really quite humorous how in my 20s, I would not laugh at people because that's just savage, but I'd be like, Really? Like, just own it. Like, own that it's yours. Like, own, you know, whatever. Own your lane. Anyway, sidebar. Um, But there was something beautiful in me that was like, no, it's not mine. And it allows me to live with things in my hand, but it doesn't allow me to grip them so tight that I'm, I, you know, find my identity in them. And I find... Um, you know, my source in them, because at the end of the day, he is the source. He's the source. And you know what? He provided a window to fix it. And he provided somebody to fix the window and put it in my car. So, you know, it's one of those things. But, and I understand, like I understand the realities of living in this world. 
Um, and I'm not anti that. I just find myself in this beautiful place of like, it's your building. It's your car. It's your house that I live in. It's yours. And I find myself just being dependent on him in that way and in this season. And it's when I read Colossians, it makes me just go, yes, it's so beyond me. And yes, my my life matters. And yes, uh, your life matters. And yes, we are significant to him as sons and daughters. But there's something beautiful in the dependence of feeling like you were only like, I, I want to say two inches tall, but that sounds belittled. And I'm not trying to belittle anybody. But there is something beautiful, uh, this place in this pocket where you can take the pressure off because you realize that he really is big and he is way bigger than you. Um, there's a joy that comes from not feeling that pressure. But to, you know, I think in Matthew 6, here's me bouncing around, uh, where it talks about worry. It says, do not worry. And what I love about it, which I think is slightly savage, but that's honestly one of my favorite things about Jesus, is that everybody knows Matthew 6, because it's like, do not worry. Um, oh, let's see. These things dominate. Okay, so do not worry about these things. Verse 31 saying, he, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all that you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Yada <laughs> But what's crazy in in a different version, it says, um, maybe it's just a different verse. I'm not sitting right this second in my Bible, but it says, um, worries is what the pagans do. Like, as believers, we don't get to worry. And I know that that (laughs) culturally goes against the grind. Um, because I feel like, you know, we constantly have invitations to worry, worry about bills, worry about what's going to happen with that friendship or that person or how you going to fix this God and worry, worry, worry. But here in Matthew 6, it says that this is what unbelievers do. This is what pagans do. They worry. And I have just found this place in trust. And I'm not saying I've arrived because God knows I have not. Um, but there's this beautiful place in knowing that this thing's going to outlast me. That brings me such uh, peace and unshakable joy and unshakable trust. And does that mean every day is perfect? Heck no. Does that mean every day I'm skipping around like, woohoo, Tigger style? No, like it's a battle. The, the world we live in is a constant invitation to um, to worry, to pick up offense, to pick up rejection, to pick up this, that, or the other. Um, you don't even have to be around one human. You can just pull up social media and find a reason to get irritated at something. And I'm just so like in this place of like, God, I just want to yield. I want to yield to you. I want to literally trust you with every breath that I have to give you. And there's something beautiful about that invitation of just keep trusting Keep trusting, and I know it's hard, and I know that you want answers the same way that I've got plenty of questions, Um, 
And I've just, I don't know, there's just this place of like, I'm going to come to you knowing who you are. I'm going to come to you with your word, not to use your word against you, which I think some people can do, but I'm going to let your word confront me. And that would probably be my second word of the last few months. I feel like I've been confronted (laughs) by God. And I know if you've listened to any of these, there's a... Uh, an episode called The Pharisee, and I think that's what it's called. I honestly don't know. Pesky Pride? It's one of those. It's all of them. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, but letting him confront, like I could spend all day telling you like, oh, I feel really good in this area. I'm doing really good in that area. Um, that's what makes me a great leader. And the truth is you're only as strong as your weakest part. Uh, you're only as, let's see how I could say that. Your discipleship and your apprenticeship of Christ is only as truly as beautiful as the weakest link of that. And so I've just been praying for months like, God, um, I love that there's areas that I do feel like I've had lots of growth in. So thank you, right? But on the other side of that coin, let me not be so entitled that I'm realizing (laughs) that I forget that way. I actually have areas that still need to grow of areas that still need to be confronted by you. And so I find myself (laughs) in this beautiful place of like inviting his confrontation, inviting him to um, poke at things where I'm like, ah, no, uh, really? Seriously? Ah, I need to go repent for that? Ah, okay. And it's it's beautifully uh, painful to the flesh, but it's a beautiful invitation for the flesh to die. Um, and so I don't know where you are, but I'm just like, ah, I feel like he's poking and prodding me in like the best way. And it's literally because I've asked him to, (laughs) I've asked him to, I've asked him, God, I don't want to just be known for the areas that I see I'm seemingly strong in. I want to, uh, I want the invitation to grow in the ones that are not strong. Uh, in some of those areas, like, I don't even mind sharing like one of them, like, And I think I did an episode on this kind of just sharing about having a soft heart. In the last few years, like God really showed me that I don't didn't really have like a like a great prayer life. Like I prayed, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I can pray when I have a need and I can talk to God in the car when I'm feeling emotional about my singleness. Like I am really quick to do that. But am I actually spending time in prayer? Uh, and I don't just mean about myself. I mean, just like, God, what's on your heart? What I remember in my early teens when I was just getting so touched by God um, that I still to this day could like close my eyes and go back there and just like really feel his presence. Well, there was a song like, um, show me what basically what breaks your heart, like break my heart for what breaks yours. And I think like months ago and even probably a year ago, honestly, I was just like, God, like, When's the last time I really prayed that and meant it? Um, and that that all just revealed that my heart had been hard. And and maybe not my whole heart, I don't know. Like to be to be determined once I'm in heaven. Um but it definitely showed me areas where I'm like, ah, oh, dang, like, you know, like to cry out on behalf of a generation and not just myself to actually think of a generation that's behind me uh, and in my living uh, my life in a, in a manner worthy of them going, wow, like if Shay can do this, I can do this. 
Um, if Shay's pioneering something, I can, you know, go past her. Like, please go past me. Please, please, please. Um, but am I contending for that? Am I, or am I just kind of settled and like, yeah, like I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to God about my needs and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or am I really going to get on my face and contend? And I'm not saying like do this as a, like religiously, but I do think there are seasons of invitation where he does invite us into those pockets. Um, and they're not working. They're not like I have to work for this. It's a willingly I'm laying my life down to partner with his invitation of consecration or staying up later and praying or waking up earlier and praying and, you know, following those nudges. Um, with that said, like the last, I don't know how long, cause it's all running together, honestly, but we've been praying a lot at the church building that was given. And it's really like showed me how much in the years past, I haven't really gave my life to prayer, which really sucks. Uh, on so many levels, I've grieved the fact that I'm like, man, like, what was I doing all those years? Like, I mean, obviously I was praying and I was fasting, but it didn't look this way. And there is such a richness and a depth that comes from just focused and going, okay, like I'm going to spend X amount of time with the Lord. And so even on Monday mornings, currently, as you listen to this, we go up to the church building early in the morning and we give them our first fruits of our week and we give them our hearts and our minds. And we, and it's not like, God, I'm coming to you so that you'll do something for me. It's God, I'm showing up and I want it to cost me something. Um, and so here's my first fruits. Like I want to give you essentially the tithe of my time. Uh, here's my beginning of a Monday. Here's the beginning of my week. And just you know, keep my heart soft, Lord, get my, my eyes off myself this week, you know, off of the things that I could do. Um, and the things that just uber matter to me that maybe don't really matter in eternity. And, um, I've just been so like, God, like in this place, when I find myself in this place, um, it is easier to yield and to trust the story and to trust him. And it's easier to rest I find myself like I work hard and there's lots of things happening, but I find myself it's easier to enter into a heart posture of rest um, because there is just this awareness of you're bigger than me. I trust your story and I trust that you don't need me. (laughs) Oh, man, that probably made somebody mad. Like, what, he doesn't need me? No, he, he wants you. And that's what makes it beautiful is he wants you and he he's God. <laughs> he's God and he wants you, but he's not codependent on you. Um he's gonna accomplish his purposes with or without you taking a Sabbath. Um, you know, with with you know, like I mean I think the Sabbath's important. I, I think I said that wrong, but I am practicing Sabbath in this season, and it's showing me how much I have not caught that full revelation of that. But I'm like pressing myself into going, no, like I know that this is you, and I know I can trust your story. I know that you don't need Shay uh, as much as Shay thinks that you need her. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's challenging. It's all of the things and above. 
Um, but rest is believing and believing is rest and, and that's trust, right? And we have to trust that his way is better than ours. We have to trust, um, and that's what trust is. It's God, you know, what's best for me. And I, it's probably not going to look the way I think that I want it to look. And I have to die to that. I have to go, God, I trust you that you know the bigger picture. I'm just looking circumstantially right this second, right like as of today. But you see five years from now, you see, you know, my, the span of Shay's lifetime. And I have to yield and I have to trust. I have to trust your word. I have to trust that you are in this, oh, you know, way in your way bigger than me. And so um, as I've read Colossians and just hitting just different scriptures, I'm like, this is the good news. Like the good news is that it's going to bear fruit after Shay. And it's, but the, also the good news is that he's transforming Shay continually. Um, and that I can just rest in his transformation and when, and, and I can obey right? Like if you love me, you'll obey me. And so there is that side of the coin, right? Like the obedience side and the factor of obedience, um, and being obedient with what he's asked you to do. Even if it feels freaking small to your flesh, like it's still a matter of obedience. And so I think in this season, it's just a simple call of trust. And he's asking his body to trust, like quit getting frustrated and trying to build your own calves, calves. Is that right? Calves. I don't know how to say it. Your golden calves. But stop getting frustrated. And I know it can be frustrating, but it's like, get your eyes off of you. Get your eyes off of what's taking place and get your eyes on him. Like at the end of the day, like you need Jesus. You don't need 17 prophets to tell you something. You don't need 18 social media posts to confirm something. Get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on him. And whatever is getting in the way, rid yourself of that. And I don't say that in like a legalistic way. I say that in a love way. Because the thing that's getting all your attention is the thing that you're probably giving the most love to Dang, I just stabbed my own self, but it's the truth. Um, the quicker you can get your eyes on him, the quicker like the devotion and the fruit that you're looking for will come. And so I don't even know but like where to go, but I know that he is not asking his bride to worry and being consumed in worry. He's asking for you to trust. He's asking his body to trust him, trust his story. And know that, yes, your life is significant and it matters and he wants you to fulfill the call on your life way more than you could ever want to fulfill it, but it will never be found in chaos and it will never be a, like found in worry. It will be found in rest and it will be found in peace and that's just what's going to be. And so the quicker we can just pick up our cross and die to what we think it should be and um, pick up his peace and trade in our chaos um, for that and get his perspective on things, the, the quicker we can just go, ha, huh, okay, dang, why did it take me so long to get here? Um, and so I just, I don't know, like it's just this continual 
place of trust. Like, God, I trust you. I, I trust you to confront me in areas I need to be confronted in. I trust you um, to cause me to hunger after you. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. And I think sometimes, like, I don't know about you guys, but I, when I say this lightly, I feel like in the more I grow in God and the more mature I become, my prayer is just help me, Jesus. <laughs> I think in my mind, the more you grow in God, the more eloquent your prayers get. I find for myself, (laughs) the more I grow in God, the shorter my prayers get. But the more heartfelt and the more like, ah, help me, God. Like, I need you today, God. Um, Those simple things are met with such a awareness of him and not myself. Um, And so I know that Life is constantly making you feel like you're the center of your life. (laughs) And social media makes you feel that way. And we are always seeing self and we are wanting to filter through self. And the truth is, is that we get to filter through Jesus. And self doesn't actually get to sit on the throne. Jesus gets to sit on the throne. And so I think for me... It is just a deeper yielding and a deeper call of deep calls out to deep and deep is calling me to trust. Deep is saying, hey, come out on the waters. Deep is saying, hey, I'm still good. Hey, this story is going to go beyond you because it's big and I'm a big, big God. And you can trust that. You can trust that I was literally the same God to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob that I am to Shay and to you who are listening. He is the same God. And he is about his his purposes. <laughs> and we get to be a part of that. And that's beautiful. And we get to yield. Um, I have this funny, like, I don't even know how this happened, but I was with some friends um, that I don't even know if they listen to this or not. But we were in a parking lot and we were just talking about their life and just life in general. And I was said something about like, it's as if I can hear a voice in my spirit yelling, yield to the spirit, yield. And I was like, I was honestly consumed in a parking lot because I was just like, God, what areas am I not yielding? Because I think my way is better. What areas am I not yielding because I don't feel like I'm going to get the answer that I want? What areas am I not yielding to because I find that I'm a little bit more, you know, powerful than you are and I want to control something Um, and help me yield, help me yield to your spirit, help me yield to your way and your word. I don't want to come to your word and filter it through my own lens. I want you, I want your lens. I want to come to the word and, and let the word interpret the word, not letting my feelings interpret the word. Um, And so there's obviously been a lot going on in my life, but I just am finding the call to trust, finding um, that there's a joy in the simplicity of he is my God and he is bigger than me. And everything that I have is because of him. It's actually not because of a paycheck. It's actually not because somebody... Um, blessed me. It's because of him, because he put it in those people's hearts to bless me. He gave me the job for the paycheck. Um, He gave me the cubicle to work in, to get a paycheck, to provide, to pay that bill. He did it. And the story always 
and forever will point back to him. It will point back to him. And so I'm sitting here on the other side of that going, God, let my life be the aroma of Christ. Like, let my life look so yielded and so dependent on you that people are like, wait, what? Like, what is it about you? Like, that... Like, what is it about you that, why would you do it that way? Like, why are you not working a job? And why are you building a church in the roughest part of the city? Why are you doing this? And it's because he is telling me to, and it's because my life is causing an aroma for them to go, you smell different. You smell different than the world. And I can just say it's because I've yielded. It's because... I have nothing to boast in but him and him alone. And the good news is that it's transformed me and it continues to transform me. And the better news of the be- the good news is that it's going to go beyond me. And there's just something I find so beautiful in that. Like, I don't know if maybe it's just the way I think or some would say my personality type, but I love that it's actually going to go beyond me uh, and that it's not all on my shoulders. And so... I just invite you today, friends, wherever you are, whether you're in the car or whether you are um, at a cubicle or maybe you're at home still working from home, um, that you would find yourself in a pocket of an invitation from the Father to just trust. Trust the story. Trust that you can rest. Do what he's asking you to do, like John 2, 5 is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the earth. Maybe not all the earth because it doesn't make sense, but in all of the Bible. Uh, and it's just Mary. It's at the wedding at Cana. And it's where Jesus turns water into wine. Um, and Mary looks at all the servants, all the workers, and she says, do whatever he tells you to do. And I just think so much of our lives is just do whatever he tells you to do and trust the rest. Trust that it belongs to him. Trust that he wants it to to make him known and that his story is better than our story, even though we like, hello, my story is awesome. He is like, yeah, but my story is even better. And so I just invite you into that pocket of trust. I invite you into dependence on him in this season in the middle of February. Um, basically, February is a month where you blink and it's over. At least it feels that way because it's so short, but... I invite you in to trust. I invite you in to just have a moment with God where you go, God, where I'm not willing, make me willing. Where I've not yielded, give me grace to yield. Where all I want to do is control, help me not control. And and know that rest is holy. (laughs) Trust is holy because it allows God to be God and it takes you off the throne. Trust is a beautiful thing, my friend, and I pray that you would enter into the biggest um, pocket of intimacy with him and that it would yield joy and that it would yield the fruit that you have been looking for. Um, And I'll just say it this way. Usually what we are crying out for is on the other side of a surrender. And so I just pray that you would have the grace to surrender, the grace to just Exhale all of the pressure that you feel and inhale his goodness, inhale his trust, inhale his faithfulness and just breathe. And so 
I don't know when the next one of these will be because life is crazy, but I do really enjoy these times and I'm hoping that soon we will have another one, another chat. Until then, I hope that you feel the nearness of the Father. Ciao!